0: Hi, everyone. Uh, ben Philpot here from KUT, along with...
1: Jay Root from the Texas Tribune. Uh,
0: this is our ticket post-election uh, wrap-up stuff. Um, we all are working on... Uh, we're all working on uh, a very little sleep. Um, and I'm actually trying to look up real quickly here to see if we have made it to the KUT webpage, or excuse me, the KUT Facebook page, so that you can... Uh, you can talk to us, uh, uh, ask us some questions about stuff. Um, Jay, while I'm looking up this, uh, I guess really it's just uh, – oh, here it is. It oh, looks like we're, we are up. Um, okay, great. So, yeah, yeah if you're uh, if you're watching this, uh, send in some questions. Um, but the first thing I think, you know, Jay, you and I should talk about, everyone knows what happened um, with the election last night. One new bit of information that I thought was interesting for today – is uh, Texas Tribune has actually put up a list of Texans that certainly could be in Donald Trump's uh, cabinet, um, and uh, of course the name at the top of the list, our Governor Rick Perry, who did endorse Donald Trump late in the game, even but though after he, saying
1: that he was a cancer on yeah. conservatism. But you know, hey. So we've got – Let's just forget all that.
0: We've got Rick Perry, um, who uh, could maybe be – I think we talked about maybe – Sid Miller. Small, Well, but for Rick Perry, Small Business Administration maybe or Department of Agriculture. Sid Miller, the Texas Agriculture Commissioner, also maybe some kind of Department of Agriculture type Mm -hmm. work there. Uh, Don Willett, that's uh, Supreme Court judge, Texas Supreme Court judge Don Willett. Um, who was on that short list, that list of 2021 names that Donald Trump gave out uh, for his possible Supreme Court picks. Uh, Dan Patrick. Who uh, said, though, that he
1: would respectfully decline anything, right? Our Lieutenant Governor, who uh, was very enthusiastic about uh, Trump after Ted Cruz pulled out.
0: Um, yes, uh, he does. And actually, I'm reading this again on the uh, actual uh, thing. It does say that uh, he wa- if he was offered the job, he said he would, quote, respectfully decline. Katrina, <clears throat> excuse me, Katrina Pearson, his uh, uh, not uh, spokesperson, but number one campaign surrogate in terms – In Well, in Texas. early on,
1: of- yeah. And she, she had been with uh, Ted Cruz during his Senate run and then broke off from that. Um and was was one of the early early Trump uh, supporters when you know it, when he nobody gave him a prayer right. including us by the way oh yeah absolutely and, and, I mean you know along
0: with everyone else so yeah so Katrina Pearson maybe somewhere in the communications office I, I don't um see her being White House uh, press secretary but uh, but you know somewhere in that office uh, for sure uh, Andy Beal. Uh, he is, he's probably the one name that you haven't heard. Uh, he's the founder and chairman of the Dallas-based Beale Bank. He's been called the richest man in Texas. He helped do a lot of fundraising for Donald Trump, and uh, so is there ambassador a- to hey to France, ambassador to France. Take Jay <laughs> right with him, uh, Michael McCall.
1: I maybe get a job over there you know, <laughs> with him.
0: Uh, Michael McCall, the uh, Austin congressman, who uh, also threw his hat in pretty early with Donald Trump, spoke. Got a speaking spot at the right. Republican National Convention.
1: Chairman of the House Homeland Security committee
0: so maybe uh maybe a secretary of state maybe a head of the department of homeland security i think jeff sessions
1: might be in the run of that too the alabama senator who you know anti-illegal immigration uh well and if you
0: you know and if you wanted to talk about maybe who um and i do not know mr sessions as well as i uh, as many as much as I've interacted with Congressman McCall, but you know, if you wanted to talk about maybe the temperament of of being the Secretary of State versus the temperament of being the head of right. Homeland Security, Michael McCall might certainly be someone who uh, fits the Secretary of State model a little better. Uh, Jeb Henserling, uh he's a Congressman from Dallas, chairs the House Financial Services Committee. Uh, again, worked with the Trump campaign and. Um, uh, I, I don't know what he might end up doing uh, there in the White House, but there's another one. Um, oh, and that's it. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how many Texans we do end up uh, getting uh, getting out of this. Uh, I guess one person that's not on here but has always been kind of rumored or, or talked about is the idea of Ted Cruz as a Supreme Court nominee. I kind of <laughs> think, though, that, you know... Trump just didn't like Cruz, and they, yeah. they
1: obviously had some bad blood, and Cruz was reluctant, but yeah, I don't know, who knows? I mean, who knows what's in in Donald Trump's mind? <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> um, so then th- you know, we'll we'll see it what happens. Right. We'll see what happens there. Um, of course, we're, we're doing this live just moments after Hillary Clinton did uh, do her concession speech. Um, and, uh, you know, let's talk, I guess, maybe real quickly about um, and again, if you have questions, please drop them on Facebook. We'll try to get to them here, uh, before we wrap up and we're not going to take a whole lot of time today. I mean, if you're, if you've been listening to our podcast, you've probably listened to about 15 other political podcasts in the last, you know, four hours. So there's no sense in us, uh, kind of reinventing the wheel, but I was interested in Texas, um, Texas was a lot closer last night than it has been since 1996.
1: Right in Harris County, which is uh, the county seat for, which is where Houston is located, the largest county in Texas and one of the largest counties in the country, blue sweep. Um, and yeah. Texas was one of a very small handful of the states where Democrats actually made gains in an otherwise uh, very favorable favorable year. For Republicans, but I want to take this opportunity, Ben, to say that first of all, I've enjoyed doing the ticket with you. And look, let's be honest, along with everyone else, we totally missed this. And so I think there's a time for self reflection, but I'm also proud of the fact that we spent a lot of time talking about issues. We did we did one on immigration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did one, you know we 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 looked at very closely at the electoral college, which a lot of people are talking about today. We looked at our crazy primary system. So um, I'm not saying that we were a model, but I do think substance is something that is sorely missing today yeah. and i can't help but say that we so many times when i turned on cnn or msnbc or fox on my satellite radio i felt like it was all the the horse race coverage has has reached a level that's ridiculous and so you know um and, and and uh i'm not talking about changing outcomes i'm talking about just having an educated uh you know voter uh electorate and um you know i i am proud of the stuff that we did on bordering on insecurity so and and we, and, and it's still coming but you know i think we in the media should spend a little more time talking about issues, yeah. talking about what's on the minds of voters, instead of all these polls and all this data that turned out to be badly wrong. And the I, and the and the guy that we had on talking about that there was no reverse Bradley effect and no Brexit. And I think we may be, you know, we yeah. missed that. We totally missed that. We completely and utterly missed that.
0: You know, clearly towards the end, we focused on polls and horse race a little bit more, um, uh, especially in Texas, because it appeared we were going to have, and we did have a much closer election than uh, we normally uh, would here. Um, You know, I mean, yes, Jay and I have been talking about the presidential race overall, but clearly we have the Texas angle. And so we did focus on that. But yeah, I I think that it's, uh, somebody did, there's been a lot of questions on social media today about whether or not um, whether or not uh, uh, this is the death of polls. And I think, first of all, it's not the death of polls because there is no way someone is going to launch a billion-dollar political presidential campaign without uh, being able to make some guesses about whether or not anyone's bothering to vote for them, um, or even even at the state level. I mean, I do not believe that Governor Greg Abbott is going to uh, launch a uh, a reelection bid and not have at least <laughs> internal Bergens. polling. Yeah. At least <laughs> internal polling from Chris Bergens or someone else. Uh, and of course there will be some then, you know, paid public polling as well. Uh, but this really has, you know, I think you could say, and, and I have no idea. We're just all spitballing here, folks. But, um, I think a lot of people said, well, gosh, couldn't the polls be wrong because millennials don't have home phones, uh, Hispanics might not be uh, represented enough in the vote totals. How about this? How about uh, how many people who support Donald Trump? And again, I'm just winding down one kind of road of his support. But how many people who supported Donald Trump, who, who view Breitbart as their number one news source, who view Fox News or maybe the the um, the... Uh, the show hosts like Hannity or Rush Limbaugh uh, see them as their major news source, how many of them are going to answer a poll? Maybe they were the ones that were underrepresented. Obviously, that happened in some of the Well, states. I
1: hope it's the death of the worshiping of polls. I think we we pray at the altar of polls. And <laughs> yeah. um, that's what I think is is honestly wrong. I mean, I, I just uh, think that we – collectively have not done a great job. And and, and I personally think I, I feel pretty good about a lot of the stuff I've done, you know, yeah. and, that, and that the Texas Tribune have done and the NPR and KUT have done. Um, but we didn't do enough to cover issues. Um, and we don't do enough to cover issues. And we haven't well, been doing it for a long time, even when, you know, other people were winning and and um, so, um,
0: I do think it was know, interesting I, I how really maybe, important. well, I, I do think it was interesting how maybe, maybe, and I'm not providing excuses for anyone, but in a race where issues were, um, mattered so little from one of the two major candidates where on the debate stage, we would not get thoughtful uh, deep dives on any of the issues. And, you know, and Hillary Clinton played her own role in that as well on the debate stage. But, you know, in the absence of that, is that where we just turned to the horse race and said, well, who's going to win? Because we're not going to get, but, you, you know, know, we didn't have like education, public n- never education never came up. Never. No, came up. never <laughs> the, the, they, there was a <laughs> study that
1: was done on the networks, 32 minutes of, of issues coverage, lowest ever in the general election. And there were, and, and none of it was uh, on education. Drug, drug abuse, guns, right. you know, a lot of very important debates uh, to be had. So, um, you know, to the extent that there's a mea culpa, it's, you know, here it is. And I think we need to spend more time on, you know, and, and look, uh, there are a lot of people that are hurting out there. And a right. lot of that was sort of ignored um, and needs to, we need, you know, need to get to the bottom of that. And right. there is a lot of anxiety uh, about a whole lot of, a range of economic issues. But look, this is going to be a fascinating four years because Donald Trump now walks into Washington with a Republican Congress where they can completely undo Obamacare, and yet a lot of people are going to be, wonder about their health insurance. And so there's a lot of important reforms. All of the Texas Republicans that have been able to point to Obama and to Hillary Clinton are now going to be you know have to all get along here, and so um, it's going to be a fascinating. You know, if, if you're a student of politics, it's it, this is going to be you know a, a political junkie as I am and as you are. Yep. I mean, the next two years, the next four years are going to be really uh, you know strap on your uh, right. seatbelt here and, because it's going to be a roller coaster. Ride. And
0: Texas could still have a pretty heavy role in that. Um, uh, talked with uh, Evan Smith. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, a reporter um, out of D.C. whose name is escaping me at the moment this morning on uh, the Texas Standard here at KUT about how Texas could be the place where new legislation or new lawsuits that come from new legislation on things like abortion, on uh, things like EPA mandates – uh, on things like, I don't know, public education uh, and the taxing system that is used to do that. How all those could start in Texas, because we have a legislative session coming up where things might get pushed through, could start in Texas, could work their way up to the Supreme Court, which will have a at least a 5-4 uh, conservative majority. And that that could be the undoing of things like Roe v. Wade or the EPA or other things. Um, so I, I think Texas has always really hoped that maybe it would be – some Texas lawmakers have always hoped that it would be the start of things like that. And in this legislative session, we're, we're clearly going to see that even to uh, um, things like uh, transgender bathrooms uh, and what laws uh, – or, or um, um, religious liberties – What laws may get passed? Uh, Religious liberty is, of course, kind of the pushback to um, same-sex marriage being uh, allowed.
1: NAFTA. Look, I mean, you think about NAFTA, not not a Texas legislative issue, but – An economic um, issue. One of (laughs) of the things – well, I mean – you know, you you can make all the kind of arguments you want about NAFTA, but um, it there's, there's a lot of support for it in, in the Texas business community and mm-hmm. and and in the Texas political class because because Texas is obviously has two thirds of the U.S. Mexico border and most of the goods that go to that that are exchanged between Mexico and the United States come through Texas. There's the warehouses. The you know all of the export industry, the oil uh, equipment, all of these things are have been a boon for Texas. E- you know you can argue that they've been horrible for uh, the Rust Belt, and and I'm, I'm I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but yeah, yeah. there's certainly a lot of people who feel that way. But that you don't have that feeling in Texas, so that's going to be an interesting thing if we pull out of NAFTA or renegotiate NAFTA or whatever. Um, you know, and then the wall. I mean, the wall. Uh, yes, right. The wall, the wall. Okay, the wall. Uh, we have uh, again two thirds <laughs> of the U.S.-Mexico border, and the place where there is is, is very little fencing is in Texas. It's almost exclusively yep. in Texas. Now, now there are places in Arizona and New Mexico and California where the fence. You know, could be higher or bigger or whatever, but they have fencing over most of that. They don't have fencing over most of Texas, and one of the big reasons is is that the land is privately held. And we have a river here where they don't have that in Arizona. They don't have that in San Diego, in, in uh, California, yeah. from San Diego down to uh, Mexicali and... Uh, Calexico and all, all over there. Okay. So we're, you know, you're going to, are they going to take away, uh, land from private landowners with eminent domain to build a wall and in the big bend, you know, I I mean, I've been there. It's going to, so we are, you know, again, fasten your seatbelts
0: and Texas has a front row seat to this. Um, I guess just real quickly before we wrap up, well, so first of all, if you are watching, and we have you know a smattering of people watching us live, if you have any questions, please just go ahead and type them in now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, uh, again, what comes out of this legislative session and how the legislative session sets up Texas lawmakers and politicians for 2018. Uh, I said last night when we were doing our broadcast that I felt like this uh, pretty strong uh, – at least electoral win, um, but also in the Congress win by Donald Trump, um, probably or could certainly mean that that Ted Cruz doesn't face any. Uh, there's no punishment for Ted Cruz. He did eventually come around and support Ted uh, Donald Trump. He went uh, campaigning with Mike Pence, um, and then Donald Trump wins and keeps the Congress uh, Republican in Republican hands. So I'm not sure where. I'm not sure where his punishment is or where it'll come from, especially not if Michael McCall, the most heavily uh, hinted at uh, opponent, is, is you know, secretary of state or ambassador to Russia or I don't know <laughs> what he might end up being. Um, so, you know, but again, that's that's the horse race, which we're not going to focus on. Um, instead, we're trying to figure out what to do with this podcast. Um, please go ahead and send us some suggestions. Jay and I have a few of our own, including, uh, maybe turning this into a real good deep dive on, uh, on issues on some of the investigative work behind, uh, different, uh, uh things going on in Texas, um. So uh we're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna rejuvenate and uh, hopefully come back with uh, with something here in the next little bit. Um, but I still
1: wanna have either an after party or a wake, call it what yeah. you want, but <laughs> uh, you know, I'd like to do that if we can do it one more. Uh, you know, so if anybody's got any ideas about that, I'm all ears.
0: That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think we're still trying to figure something out, um, maybe for early December, but, uh, but yeah, uh, really do appreciate everybody who listened, um, over these, uh, you know, 62, 64 episodes of, uh, the ticket that we did. Uh, and thanks for coming out to all of our live events and, uh, thanks for following Jay and I on Twitter. And at by J. Root, at, at by J. Root, and at, at Ben Philpot KUT, um, uh, we will keep you informed on what we're going to do next. And uh, if you uh, if you weren't seeing this on Facebook, this will be up later today on our podcast stream. But thanks, everybody. And, uh, oh, uh, thanks to Matt Largie, our uh, editor, the managing editor of KUT, who's been editing and actually running the camera for this today. And thanks to uh, your son, Ben, ben Root, Root the theme music. So thanks again, folks. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side.